Hello and welcome to the Medjlis Podcast, Radio for Europe, Radio Liberty's current affairs talk show focusing on Central Asia. I'm Bruce Paneer, host of the Medjlis and author of the weekly Central Asia and Focus newsletter. Jahangir Artikhojaya, the powerful mayor of Uzbekistan's capital Tashkent, was suddenly fired on January 16th. Artikhojaya is, is close to Uzbek President Shevkat Mirziyoyev and so was viewed as untouchable, even though controversy surrounded Artikhojaya during the time he was Tashkent's mayor. But Artikhojaya was not dismissed for any scandals. He was officially sacked because when cold weather hit Central Asia earlier this month, Tashkent was unprepared and many of the Uzbek capital's residents were left in the cold and dark. But was that the real reason for firing Artikhojaya? And will he stay out of Uzbek politics from now on? To discuss this, I am joined by Yomira Matikubova, a PhD researcher in criminology and co-director of Uzbek Investigations, and Nabahar Imamova, veteran correspondent for the Uzbek service at Voice of America. Do you still do America Abazi? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I, I, I host that weekly show. Okay, yes. good. That's what I wanted to get in. So, uh, Nabahar has a weekly show, and then uh, wanted to make sure everybody knew that. And Nabahar, actually, I'm going to start with you with this, because can you give us, you've met Artikhojaev on occasions. Can you kind of uh, give me some background on, on the person? How does a businessman end up being the mayor of Tashkent? <laughs> you know, when that happened in uh, 2018, it was a huge surprise because, you know, Tashkent had always had um, seasoned uh, bureaucrats, seasoned uh, government public servants running Tashkent. Um, it is the capital of Uzbekistan, but you're talking about a very centralized system. So you want to have someone incredibly loyal uh, governing here. And when I say governing, I really mean performing um, excellently for your president and, you know, engaged in endless assignments that comes all the way from the president's office. And pretty much every mayor of Tashkent up until Artur Khajaev was sacked. And at some point they had faced criminal investigations. So in many ways, many in Tashkent do not really want to be the mayors of Tashkent, you know? And Artur Khajaev came as a young, aggressive, street smart, internationally connected, especially to Turkey, very confident, promising, very new to politics, sort of a you know, a typical mayor of uh, of uh, of Tashkent, of the Uzbek capital, and and at that point, President Mirziyoyev, who was just introducing or promoting his reform agenda, where he was promising openness, transparency, and justice, both economic and social, introduced Artur Khajaev as the man of the new era in the economic life of Uzbekistan. He was a successful businessman who was going to turn Tashkent into a global capital. That was the promise Artur Khajaev came with. And then followed endless scandals about conflicts of interest, business, alleged business crimes, investigative reports exposing his connections to the businesses he was bringing into Tashkent as international investors, but turning out to actually be Uzbek uh, businessmen opening, you know, outfits uh, abroad and then bring them or branding them in as uh, foreign uh, firms and companies coming into uh, Uzbekistan. So 
there was a huge mess that Abdul Khajab had always to deal with, but somehow he stayed safe. And then you have this unprecedented energy crisis in Uzbekistan this year, and he was quite unlikely to be sacked, but he was a few days ago. And so far, Bruce, I have to tell you, we are not feeling that dramatic storm that many imagine abroad, you know, without the Khajaev's exit. He is still in Tashkent, as far as I believe. And, um, you know, to put it simply, that verdict about him isn't in yet. I believe that President Mirziyoyev has not made uh, that decision about his future, Artur Khajaev's future. You still have a very successful businessman whose business empire has been at the service of, you know, President Mirziyoyev's administration for the last, uh, you know, nearly five years. And those businesses are quite intact. I have been able to talk to some of the representatives of his electronics uh, manufacturer and other uh, parts of his empire. And they're not necessarily feeling any storm yet if they're obviously telling the truth. Uh, but so far, we don't really know what will happen to Artur Khajaev. Will he stay around? Will he, you know, come back in some other capacity? We don't know, but there isn't that drama that many are imagining around Tashkent uh, that involving, uh, you know, Artur Khajaev. Okay, uh, thank you very much. And uh, we've been joined uh, by Sarojuddin Talibov, the managing editor of RFRL's Tajik service, known locally as Azadi, but a uh, person who has been closely following events in Uzbekistan for many years. And Sarojuddin, if I can get to you, what else can you can you fill in a little bit more background for us about uh, about Artik Hojayev? I mean, you know, Nabahar has kind of given us um, the history of his history as a businessman. Uh, what, what is his relationship with uh, President Mirziyoyev? He's uh, uh, was uh, he was a quite well known businessman uh, in already in 1990s when he set up the first you know a building company called Akfa. Uh, he had very uh, good relationship with the businessman in Turkey. He frequently traveled, but uh, uh, from the beginning of uh, 2005 and six, he started facing difficulties, and he was under pressure by the Uzbek authorities during the Karim regime. And he uh, then even they uh, wanted to to imprison him, so uh, they were planning to open a criminal case. He had contacts, of course, uh, within the National Security Service officers. And he left Uzbekistan and stayed for a while in Turkey. His in-law, Mirziyov, became uh, president, uh, became a, a president's advisor, state advisor on the youth affairs and sport. So with the support of uh, his in-law, Art Khojaev, of course, uh, managed to, to become the mayor of uh, Tashkent, uh, on August uh, 26th last year, Abdujabbor Abduwahidov, uh, in-law of uh, Jahangir Artukhojaev, uh, advisor to the president, uh, was dismissed his, uh, from his post one week after the dismissal of the head of the presidential uh, administration. And then uh, down from that moment, uh, uh, Artukhojaev started uh, facing uh, small problems he belongs to quite, you know, how to say, elite of uh, businessmen of Uzbekistan. He's a billionaire and he doesn't hide it. He has very close contacts with the Prime Minister of Uzbekistan, Artik uh, Abdullah Aripov, 
And uh, this also, his dismissal means that, you know, it is the beginning of downfall of uh, Aripov and his clan. Thank you. Thank you, Sarojadeen. And, and I want to mention that, um, you know, anyone can is, should feel free to expand on other people's comments. Um, Delmira, I want to get to you because, of course, when he, since he's been mayor, there have been some questions. Certainly there was the incident a couple of years ago where he was talking to the journalists and he allegedly made some threats during that. There's been questions about tenders that they've held in Tashkent for construction. Can you fill in some of um, the history of the scandal since he's been mayor of Tashkent? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Because, yeah, I think um, there were some interesting insights already. I think uh, regarding his uh, connections in the political, I don't know, his Aripov and uh, so on. Well, yes. Uh, he well, Jahangir Artif He as a mayor, as a public figure, emerged really in two thousand seventeen. Yeah, when Mirziyev came to bar and. He was not in experience in politics. He had no experience whatsoever. He's a businessman. He, he had been so before he became a mayor, appointed, you know, was selected by the president as a mayor, simply because he was working as the head of the Tashkent City Directorate, Directorate which was responsible for attracting investment and uh, foreign investors to, to the country, uh, particularly to the Tashkent City project. So, and then eight months after the trial, as an acting mayor, he became a mayor in 2018, um, February, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, um, so he was, he became a mayor. He, he's someone basically who used this public post position to enrich his private interests. He already came with a bag full of private commercial interests to the politics, right? And then he... Um, so been, he's known particularly for the Tashkent City uh, mega urban redevelopment project because, you know, there was a lot of scandal around it. And uh, there was a report by um, my colleague, Christian Laslett, on how, you know, he, the lots in the Tashkent City, at least four lots, um, which belong to the you know, entities um, that are connected to GA, uh, I mean, Jahangir because we call him just shortly GA. Uh, so he basically has huge commercial interests, of course, and he's a, he's not a politician. Um, he he's a businessman. And I, I wanted to talk to you, actually talk about his um, kind of bre- the, the the breach of protocol as a politician, you know, as a deputy, because there's a um, People's Deputies Council. He's a member of it, and he's a deputy simply because he's a deputy and the senator um, of Oli Majlis. He's immune. Now, you know, from uh, prosecution, investigation, or arrest. So there was an article yesterday on Gazeta Uz that said that Jahangir Artukajai retains his immunity as a deputy of Dashkin, uh, I mean, deputy of Dashkin City Council, you know, people's deputies, Kengash, basically, and the Senate, as a senator. So there is no, there won't be, we won't be expecting any investigation or um, arrest into his, you know, private interests and breach of the public position, basically, abuse of power. Also, as a deputy, you know, uh, according to law, on the status of deputies and senators, he was not allowed to have, you know, to be engaged in any type of activity that is paid, meaning that is commercial, that brings any other income 
and there is already a breach of protocol, you know, uh, of the public law, you know, this as a deputy and a senator. So yeah, that he's basically there is a numerous violations. If we have time today, you know, to talk about his both public and the private interests and in the activities, you know. But I don't know if I, that answers your question. Um, uh, yeah, that's like I said, I want to try to get a full picture of the, of this person um, and what he's all about. Let me ask Nabahar. Nabahar, you you not only are you in Tashkent now, but you've been visiting there for for many years. Um, it, has there been a noticeable change since he's been the mayor, for the for good or bad? Well, Tashkent has been changing. There is no doubt about that. To what extent we should give him credit is is a is a different story. Is it as global as um, let's say? Is it as of a mega megapolis that Artur Khajev promised? Probably not. I mean, if if I were to compare the cities of Uzbekistan, I would argue that Tashkent is far behind in terms of offering services. For example, just public services, public transportation. Of course, it enjoys some extra benefits as, as as a capital. But in general, um, I think Tashkenters would disagree with me if I told them that, um, you know, Tashkent is cleaner today or Tashkent is more transparent today or there is, uh, you know, there is there is more business in, in, in the capital because of Artur Khajaev. Of course, the city has been getting some investment. Uh, the city has been developing but many would argue that it's the continuation of the efforts that the central government has been making. And in in, in his own right, Artur Khajaev has many times said that, you know, he, he actually thanks President Mirzioy for all the development that Tashkent has seen over the years. So I think I wouldn't um, say that uh, the capital of Tashkent is dramatically different or dramatically better because of Artur Khajaev. Whatever changes we have seen have been quite organic, just the rest of the country. And there are a lot of problems in this um, city, especially now with the ongoing energy shortage. And I think uh, when when President Mirziyoyev came out saying this week that Artur Khajaev had failed as the mayor of the capital to deliver basic services, and in addition to that, he was also lying in his reporting to the central uh, government, many Tashkenters cheered. I saw that in person, but at the same time, they were questioning the central government's position. Because as you know, the mayors, as well as the governors of, you know, in Uzbekistan are tied to the central government. They take the the cue, the orders, the assignments from President Mirziyoyev and the rest of the government, from the prime minister. So it's not like Mirziyoyev was in charge of the energy supply of the city and, you know, somehow things were not going well there. And I think People have been quite fair in judging his um, dismissal. You know, I've obviously been discussing this with many people, and what you hear is a is quite a split view where people argue that maybe Artur Khajaev was fired unfairly because it's not really, you know, the mayor's role to tackle energy crisis, that the energy supply system is very central, very old, very bureaucratic, very corrupt, and it doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, connect it to him only. 
On the other hand, people also argue here that somebody needed to be held responsible and he was the most visible figure, probably representing a lot of alleged corruption, representing all the ills that people, you know, associate with the government and somebody needs to go. So Artur Hajjav has somehow been victimized. Those are the very dominant uh, views here, uh, you know, in this city right now. But I have to get back to something that you asked me earlier, Bruce. You asked me about his personality. In my conversations with Artur Hajjav, and these were more like on background conversations that I have held with him, you know, several times, he has always been incredibly defensive of himself, of his business, of his, uh, you know, political activity. He's never been shy saying that I'm not a politician. You know, I was brought in here to be a different kind of a mayor. I'm a very business minded person. I'm street smart. I'm not your typical politician. Don't expect political maneuvering from me. Uh, And he obviously always denied anything that was being claimed by both domestic and international media. In fact, my first conversation I held with him in the summer of 2018, the conversation started with him blaming international media outlets for... um, spreading lies about him, spreading, as what he said, lies about his business. And I said, you know, actually, you're not getting enough coverage. Nobody is really focused on you uh, internationally. And whatever has been reported so far is quite little. And maybe actually international media outlets should focus more on you now that, you know, you you are coming out with all these promises. So we, we had that argument about me saying that, you know, he wasn't getting enough uh, attention or his his uh, his policies or his promises needed to be tackled deeper, whereas he was arguing that somehow the international media was obsessed with him. And he had this ongoing battle with journalists and bloggers. And there were a lot of corrupt practices observed along the way. He retained several bloggers, for example, in Tashkent, who would do his PR work. He, Many people from the media community in Tashkent worked for him over the years who now, you know, are coming out with very deep and wide criticism about him. So it's a very messy environment, if you ask me, in terms of his relationship with the with the public, uh, you know, here. But I'm eager to hear from him. He hasn't said anything since uh, he left the office, but I'm sure at some point we'll hear from him. His press has always been quite, I would argue, unprofessional. It's always been quite in unethical, you know, in its approach in dealing with professional journalists as well as uh, bloggers. And it's a very corrupt media environment you have in Uzbekistan. And Artur Khadjav has been at the center of it. And I think the the coverage of his dismissal reflects that as well. You have a very bipolar black and white picture of what's really happening. And, um, and you know, one, one side basically arguing that he needs to be punished harsher, president needs to take some serious action here, whereas you have the other side which basically says he's innocent, you know. He spent billions of uh, soms, let's say millions of hundreds of millions of dollars to develop Tashkent and we're not appreciating it. So it's a very uh, polarizing environment in terms of discussing Artur Khachayev's case. Great. Thank you. And you've opened up a a lot of cans um, that I want to get into here in just a second. But uh, we've reached a halfway point in our discussion. So it's time for me to remind that this is the Medjlis Podcast, Radio for Europe, Radio Liberty's current affairs talk show focusing on Central Asia. 
I'm Bruce Panier, host of The Medjlis and author of the weekly Central Asia and Focus newsletter. And we're talking today about the recent dismissal of Tashkent Mayor Jahangir Arkhipajayev. And here to discuss this with me are Nabahar Imamova, veteran correspondent for the Uzbek service at Voice of America and host of a weekly program, America Al-Bazi. And I have Surojadeen Talibov, managing editor of RF Aral's Tajik service, known locally as Azadi, but a person who's been closely following events in Uzbekistan for years. And Dilmira Machakuva, PhD researcher in criminology and co-director of Uzbek Investigations. And Dilmira, I'm going to start with you. Um, we were just listening to um, Nabahar describe his image in Tashkent. I believe you're from Tashkent. Um, you know, what, what do the people there think about about this person, considering all the scandals? We've heard, you know, once again, uh, how he treats journalists, some journalists, um, you know. And, and you mentioned earlier that, that he seemed to be using his post to enrich himself. What, what's the feeling of um, the people that you speak to in Tashkent? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I live in Tashkent. I'm based now in the UK, but I had, you know, um, many um, conversations and experiences with people who had real resentment against him. Simply because, you know, I was researching, you know, these urban redevelopment and the how they are connected to social injustice and human rights abuses, uh, property rights abuses, right? And then, um, so there are many cases um, of uh, violations, uh, both property violations as well as, you know, just simply human rights violations, both national and international laws. Um involving the the mayor of Tashkent. So I just want to talk about one recent case that would probably demonstrate how he treats business community and generally basically people in Tashkent. Um, So in 2020, October, I interviewed Sergei Alexandrov, the director of the wheelchair factory, Ultramark, which is now demolished and completely destroyed. It was a factory that manufactured, you know, that produced uh, mobility um, wheelchairs and that was destroyed demolished because of the decision uh, the mayor um, has taken and there are some um, you know breaches again um, so because in addition to metro line that was um, supposed to be built on the place of the um, the factory uh, there was also a highway you know, the road uh, along the metro line that had to be built that required the, the demolition of the production buildings of the uh, factory. And that was uh, completely a decision of entirely the, the, the mayor. I mean, it was not court decision and there was no um, court hasn't seen that. Even, so it was just an attachment to the uh, decision and original decision that required the dismantling of the factory's administrative buildings, right? So the, the, he's solely responsible for that and then this factory is now completely destroyed. And that is just one case. You know, there was a raider attack on, um, you know, on August um, 2021 uh, on the factory. You know, basically brutally they, 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 they came and then tried to basically attack the, the property. And then it's completely destroyed and demolished 2021, August, I think. Yeah, end of August somewhere. And so that's just one case, and and that is a foreign enterprise. You know, we're talking about here in you know foreign investment bringing foreign and um, businesses, but you can't you can't do that if you're destroying already the existing ones. And that says a lot about you know the image of Jahangir Mazibajayev as a mayor who was selected by a president who welcomes you know entrepreneurial you know 
this business-minded people as a politician. And and so that's proved actually in, in practice we see that that's proved, you know, the, you know, it is very detrimental to to the public. Uh, your 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 what was the question about the bloggers? Oh yeah, how to how he treats bloggers. Yeah, so there was a case about um you know the the this uh short video, the film, you know, sarcastic, you know, this comic film that was made by um, an artist uh, which was um, taken down from YouTube, and then the artist ap- had to apologize because Arte Hujai saw it, uh, you know, he didn't like it, he saw it in an offensive. It was just a fun video, you know, showing that, you know, Aqua Artel takes a lot of money from people but sells really um, poor quality, you know, household goods, and it's just he's making money, you know, it's just, it was just a funny video, you know, it was just. And generally, he treats really badly. He treated very badly the bloggers. He once even said, we have a record, that he can turn anybody into gay, put them in a taxi and, you know, um, turn them into gay means like, you know, somebody's reputation would be ruined, sort of. He had made so many, you know, threats, you know, and there's a record of it. Of course, he denies, but we have audio records of this. Even with the case of the factory, you know, the Ultramar, we have audio records of he, where he had promised that he would not, you know, demolish the um, the buildings, and and then he would ensure the comp, you know, the compensation, you know, which was inadequate. And uh, so, but then he did completely the opposite. He, you know, you know, made a decision that that would, you know, to, to demolish the whole factory, and then the the compensation did not cover all the losses financial losses that the factory had during the shutdown period. I mean I mean this is like this is a serious violation of the anti you know corruption laws in Uzbekistan, even just nationally speaking. You know, he's someone as a politically exposed person and um, you know who has this enormous authority to you know issue laws to in the decision making, he has a big, he's a big role, and he's also a senator, he's a deputy, and now he retains that position because of the law. You know, he's I don't know that that's completely unacceptable. You know, considering that he has uh, already you know corruption um, track record of corruption, uh, and and plus he's not a very pleasant person, and, and as a politician, you know, Tashkent basically people personally, I myself. And I met so many people during the meeting with him, you know, to save that park in the central Tashkent in 2021. Yeah, we had a you know meeting in summer. Uh, no, it wasn't summer. Actually, it was February, February 2021, um, where many people came, you know, thousands, maybe like at least thousand people. You know, there were, you know, people coming to save the park where he wanted to build an ornament of 30 years university. I mean, anniversary of the independence. So he wanted to do it his way, you know, he just wanted to do that. And people were opposing and we had, you know, there, there was a petition by the activists, local activists, who had gathered both online and offline, so many signatures to oppose the decision. And yeah, in the end, you know, the civil society won. There was just a little victory, you know, at least one part was saved during his <laughs> term. I mean, but many parts were lost, you know. Anyway, so that's the well general um, impression. If you ask me, people resent him. People don't like him. Many people I know don't. I mean, just basically hate him. 
because they know the degree of the corruption, degree of the abuse he has in the, his uh, public position as a businessman. Hmm. And that's okay. uh, Thank you. Uh, and you set me up for my next question perfectly. Sirujuddin, uh, you know, he was, uh, Article Jayav, of course, was fired officially because of the, he was unable to deal with the energy crisis. Now, it's, it, it's logical that, you know, the government decided they would fire the deputy energy minister, the head of Uzbek Nefti Gas, the head of Uz Trans Gas. I mean, this all makes sense. But, but Article Jayav, as Nabahar already suggested, that firing him doesn't seem to make as much sense. No, I, I wouldn't say so because uh, Artik Hojaev was the mayor of the biggest city uh, in Uzbekistan. Tashkent was built during uh, 19, uh, 1960s after the earthquake. The whole Soviet Union uh, built uh, this city and the infrastructure of the city was perfect. If you compare with even uh, modern European or Western uh, cities, uh, it had a metro, uh, you know, water supply system, energy system. What he did, uh, he did not set up a, 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 a separate uh, structure of uh, electricity supplying system, water system, or gas system. He just adds up. Uh, he started building skyscrapers, you know, the big buildings, uh, roads, uh, in addition to those uh, uh, established, you know, network. As a result, you know, so the the city could not, how to say, cope with that. And uh, of course, you know, the energy crisis is coming. Not uh, started not during the. Mirziyoyev's period, it, it began during Karim's time, you know, uh, the involvement of Russia's uh, oligarchs, uh, Fesby, you know, uh, to capture, to get the whole gas system in Uzbekistan pipelines affected on the you know, life of ordinary people. But uh, what did, uh, what uh, Artur Khojaev did, you know, when he became the mayor, he immediately uh, started, you know, he he started, uh, he as a businessman, he started making money quickly. So when oligarchia came into existence, he was the first representative who was out uh, outside these, uh, you know, system which existed for many years. Uh, uh, he was a businessman, and uh, with him, oligarchy came to power, let's say so. At the beginning of last year, the World Bank expressed concern about the strengthening of the oligarchy in Uzbekistan. And the oligarchy is not only Jahangir Artukhojaev himself. So these are high-ranking officials. First of all, Prime Minister Abdullah Aripov, who was you know, supporting from the beginning uh, the person who, you know, uh, asked Mirziyoyev personally to appoint Jahangir Artukhojaev, according to my sources. And individual generals uh, in the leadership of, uh, you know, power systems like, you know, SMB, Interior Ministry, who are connected with Artukhojaev through the tender transactions, large projects in the capital. So money laundering uh, played a key role. And we know that he got a lot of investment, you know, direct investment from the uh, state-sponsored, you know, uh, uh, projects. And uh, he had a lot of uh, small companies which were subcontractors of the bigger projects. So he himself uh, organized tenders and his own companies won those tenders. Uh, He ordered, he paid 
and he took the money himself. In the end, he won, of course. As a result, Tashkent is one of the polluted uh, cities in the world. Thousands of trees are cut and people are, uh, you know, so overcrowded. The city is overcrowded. Rather than, you know, so making bigger, you know, so developing the suburbs of Tashkent, Artukhojaev used, you know, the, the most expensive areas of Tashkent for rebuilding, you know, for high buildings, you know, and as a result, you know, the prices, market prices gone up, rocketed, I would say, property market, you know, corruption increased. And and he took all his, you know, including his drivers, bodyguards, his own friends into mayor's office. Uh, for example, his driver uh, was, you know, the main uh, supplier of all, you know, the materials to the city. His friends became the deputies of Tashkent Assembly, you know, People's Assembly, which plays you know, a key role in, you know, the, in deciding whether to, to construct on big projects. And all of them, you know, used to work for him. So he set up, he made... A, a small government within the government. He set up a small Uzbekistan in Tashkent, you know, uh, which uh, ran by himself th- directly. That was the problem. And of course, you know, there are uh, various groups in Uzbekistan, powerful groups uh, with a lot of money, uh, who were not happy with uh, his decisions, actions, and uh, with uh, a new administration as when a new administration led by uh, Sardor came to power they started you know reshuffle in the government of course the one of the main targets uh, uh, was uh, Artik Hujayev and as a result he failed and I think that this is not the end the next step will be uh, you know uh, a prime minister Abdullah Aripov uh, who benefited a lot according to my sources uh, from the years of mayorship of uh, Arthur Khojaev. Uh, it is not, you know, the white and black, as uh, Nabahor said, but, you know, if you look deeper, you can see how corrupted, you know, how the system became corrupted because of uh, Jahangir Arthur Khojaev's actions. Great, thank you. And um, can you, uh, also for the record, can you tell me what you hear about Arthur Khojaev's current whereabouts and his condition at the moment? Uh, you know, yes. there were rumors, of course, that he tried to leave the country with his family. But- yes, uh, you see, see, he was this, uh, dismissed on 16th, and the same night he d- decides to leave the country, and he uh, he passed the checkpoints, everything. Before uh, boarding, he was stopped by security officers, and uh, they asked, polite, uh, asked him politely to return. So uh, even though he is a, a senator, he has immunity. He returned with his wife. And immediately after that, you know, uh, there were reports uh, on Kunus, a local, you know, websites that uh, he was uh, declined, you know, to, to enter the board, uh, to board the uh, plane. The first uh, press office which uh, denied these reports was the Abdullah Arip of his protégé's uh, press office, uh, which is, you know, not that popular among the ordinary people. And uh, that uh, shows that, you know, they were not happy with uh, uh, government's decisions. And uh, as far as I know, he is at home uh, in his own 
home in Tashkent. Uh, no one uh, contacted him. No criminal case was opened against him. Even the prosecutor's office announced about that. But again, uh, according to my sources in Tashkent, his home is under surveillance, and this is not uh, the this is not the end uh, for Artkhojaev. Uh, the the problem still exists over him, and I think that you know there will be routine uh, investigation of his uh, works. Uh, uh, you know he has done over the past uh, four years. Uh, and I think he must be happy that he's uh, still not in prison. Uh, I th- no, thank you very much. You know, Artik Hojai has been one of the most interesting characters in Uzbekistan for me for the last few years. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm going to ask one question and give you all a chance to answer this. You know, we've seen with, with President Mirzioyev that there are people that manage to stay, they get fired from one position, but then they end up going to another position. Uh, Zoyir Mirzayev uh, is one example. Uh, Shukrat Ganiyev is another example. These are people who were governors of, of oblast provinces in Uzbekistan. They were fired, but then they, they resurfaced in some other position. Um, so I'll start with you, Domira. Do you see Artik Is this the end of Artik Hojaev as a politician? You already had mentioned that he, he does still hold a post in the Tashkent city administration and in the parliament. Exactly. No, I mean, you're right. Um, but he, it, this is not the end uh, to his career. Um, he, he holds still a deputy position um, at the city council, deputies, um, Kengash, and as well as as a senator until at least 2025. But no, this is not an I think this is just some sort of, but it, it wasn't expected in the sense that, you know, everybody thought that he was a close ally, business partner even of uh, Merziyayev, and uh, it was just kind of an unexpected um, decision that he was dismissed. But it, now we know that he's not actually gone, so he's still in power in the sense that, you know, those informal dealings behind the scenes that we know of, you know, normally that are characteristic of these sort of um, um, clan politics in Central Asia, um, there, he will be still there. He he has immunity, and he won't be prosecuted un, unless unless um, prosecutor general, city prosecutor in Tashkent, brings a case uh, against him to the chamber. You know, the legislative chamber he's a member of, saying that this this person has to be um, you know prosecuted, but put on trial, and 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 the charge brought you know be brought against him. Potentially, but I, I, I again doubt that the prosecutor would do that. So that's not going to happen. We know that there is no judicial independence in Pakistan. So that's not going to happen. Again, this is some sort of a yeah, some weird dealings behind the scenes with Mirza. Maybe he just fell unfavorite. He became this unfavorite leader for Mirza. But he has, like, you know, I, I just early missed, I wanted to talk about, you know, his share, big, big share, you know, economic interest in the major um, urban project, Tashkent City, you know, because that's how he, he emerged as a um, as a mayor, you know, in 2017, 18, when the, the, the project started. So there there is, um, um, his involvement is basically in this project is that he, has this Aqua Dream World um, as an investor uh, who's involved in the $1.3 billion project, Tashkent City, and Discover Invest as a contractor was, you know, found out that they were like um, the contractors investors of four of the eight lots of the Tashkent City. 
as well as you know they they have without a tender without no open tender they got a national you know Nawawi national park a deal basically so these are just the examples but there are many other like their Aqua Medline, their Aqua University, which was given vast amount of land, you know, by by Mercier, by the government, basically. So he has a huge interest, and there is a big risk, you know, to have him as a politician now in the government because he's a he is a businessman who seizes every opportunity to make profit out of every inch of land or every inch of other business to destroy. Just to you know, to to make his business you know richer and to get these contracts day to aid, right? Contracts without tenders, um, without open tenders. Um, he gets all that. He, I, I'm just curious whether or not that would continue to be like that, or <laughs> it's changed because I mean he's not a mayor anymore, but he's still in politics. And I'm just curious about that. I don't know whether or not he will be receiving state aid further you know, to pursue his commercial interest or not. If yes, then yeah, there's a there's a big there's a big chance that, you know, that there will be more lootings, more plunder of the, you know, properties. And we know that, you know, properties we we've started actually with civil society activists in Uzbekistan, a big project on focused on land, land grabs. It's called land home justice because of these all these, you know, big projects that involved uh, forced evictions, illegal evictions, and land grabs. And in most of them are, you know, Jahangir Tukajavis, these companies are involved, you know, Magic City uh, is basically by J United, you know, he is a contractor, who, who which belongs to the mayor again. I mean, former mayor, should we say now? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Tashkent City also involves, like, serious violations of property rights because the, you know, residents who lived in Okshi and Omazor Mahalas, you know, the tra- traditional settings, they were strong armed of their homes within 10 days. You know, some said, I mean, I interviewed those people. Um, I conducted the field work research in 2018 when, when, you know, these neighborhoods were demolished for the Dashkin City project. And they were like, you know, thousands of families who were evicted from the area against the law that required at least six months of notice of demolition. Um, by the authorities, which was not followed. That law completely was ignored. And some, you know, residents who I interviewed, they said even they were given just 10 days. They didn't, you know, some didn't like even the properties, you know, the placements they were offered. So this is a, this is a serious violation. And there's another violation, which means Tashkent City decree, which was passed by cabinet of ministers at the time in 2017, that contradicts you know, that, that, that deadline that sets for Tashkent City Project that contradicts the law on the property, property rights, which means um, that sets deadlines that are like one month. It says within one month, those properties in, in the area should be demolished for Tashkent City, whereas uh, the law on the property and compensation, you know, at the time, it said um, six months notice, you know, at least six months notice. So we're seeing serious violations of national law here as well as I mean not not to mention you know international law. So as well as you know these anti-money laundering laws. So I don't know why he's still immune from these prosecutions. Well to my mind he should be the one uh, you know who's prosecuted 
um, trialed, uh, you know, put on trial, holds an account for all these um, breaches. Okay, thank you, Delmira. You know, Delmira laid out all the all the uh, certainly the problems and scandals, or most of them, a lot of them that are associated with Arctic Ojab. But but really, that stuff isn't made isn't such public knowledge. Uh, it's certainly not like making people hold stones and stand in the field or stand in the canals. And, and yet those people were not, not rehabilitated. I mean, they just kind of moved across. They, they faded out of public attention for a while. And, you know, and then Ganeev and, and Mirzab, uh, you know, reemerged in a different position. How do you see Arctic Hojaev's? Uh, is, is this the end of him as a politician, but he's too important as a businessman to let go? Let me answer to, to the previous your previous question then, uh-huh. uh, as you asked all of us. So it is only a matter of time before Arthur Khojaev is deprived of his you know immunity as a senator uh, and a member of uh, you know Tashkent City Council. However, it will take time to persecute him for illegal decisions that he took. The, he took billions of dollars uh, from Uzbek banks, from international uh, financial institutions uh, uh, through the mediation and the you know guarantees of uh, government, Arif's government, and state funds embezzled through the uh, you know uh, fake tenders. Not only time, of course, uh, but also we need a political will by president himself. At present, there is a serious uh, resistance uh, to this manifestation of, uh, you know, a political will. So comments on social media, for example, supporting him, saying that, oh, Jahangir was a good person, so he should not be persecuted. These are the just, you know, one reflection of this, you know, opposition, resistance. And the decisions to be made in the coming days or weeks uh, and the fate of Artur Khojaev will demonstrate uh, the presence or absence of uh, uh, such political will, whether Mirziyev has it or not. But all will depend on the decision of one person and persistence of those who circle him now. Young, ambitious, uh, relatively new politicians like you know Sardor, the head of the uh, presidential apparatus, and uh, and uh, of course his deputy Kamil Alamjonov. Uh, so we'll see, but the conflict, internal conflict, uh, still continue. Okay, great. Thank you, thank you, uh, Sirojadin. I think one thing certain is that we are going to hear about Jahangir Artikojayev again in the very near future. Um, but I want to thank my guests for being on the program today. So thank you, Sirojadin, and thank you, Delmira, and thank you, Nabahar. And a big thank you to Nathan Shoemaker, our Medjlis podcast producer in Washington, D.C. And a reminder, you, you can subscribe to the Medjlis podcast or the Central Asia and Focus newsletter by visiting Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty's website at rfarl.org. Thank you very much, and we'll be back next week. Bye-bye.